The 630 Chad Afternoon News with Jaylen Nye and Andrew Gross. Weekdays at 2 on 630 Chad. Welcome back to the show. It's a time honored tradition at one of the province's great historic buildings. The annual New Year's Day levy takes place at Government House in Edmonton on Tuesday, January 1st. When else? Uh, the levy is a family friendly event where all are welcome. And to tell us more, I'm pleased to once again. Joined, uh, be joined on the show by the Honorable Lois Mitchell, Lieutenant Governor of Alberta. Ma'am, thank you for taking the time to join me again. You're so welcome, Andrew. Always a pleasure. Uh, so I have to ask, because I know in your position, history is important. Can you give me uh, and our listeners a little background how long this levy's been going on and what its origin is? Well, it's a very old tradition and it actually traces back to France. And they've been part of a vice-regal tradition in Canada since 1870. So that's a long time. (laughs) Yeah, no kidding. And I I, I suppose it falls upon any lieutenant governor to carry on that tradition. You don't have a choice. Well, yes. I mean, I think that you want to do it. Because for me, it's such a joy to see so many um, families come through the, the door. I have to tell you that. Um, it's one of those special things for me that's the highlight of, of the year. And I think it's wonderful. It's, uh, it, it's open on New Year's Day from 1.30 to 3.30, but they get to have the picture taken. Um, they get to ha- enjoy the history and the architecture of Government House. Um, they also get to eat wonderful treats, like they have wonderful turkey and beef on a bun and cookies and there's tea and coffee and punch. And I, and you know what? They also have this wonderful station for guests to sit and write a postcard of thanks um, and support the Canadian forces, um, especially the members serving overseas. There's so many great things that happen in that time. I can't tell you how great it is. And, you know, here's a funny thing. So, you know, having said off the top of this uh, conversation just how long and uh, entrenched in history this levy is and... Yet, uh, when I was talking to uh, a friend of mine today, and I said, I'm, I'm excited for the show, and I was mentioning that you were going to be on the show, and, oh, we're talking about what? And I said, well, the New Year's Day levy. And he, well, what's that? Does it, does it, ever, I know. Yeah, does it ever frustrate <laughs> you that something that's been going on as long as this, that's open to the public and, and free, that it has to be explained every year? Well, we're getting better, you know, and we get more every year. So, yes, I think you're right. An awful lot of people, they don't even understand that how special government houses, period. And I have to say that, that we're going to try and do something, you know, about that this year. It's one of our, our kind of New Year's resolution that we are definitely wanting to bring more of this wonderful information to the public. But especially, as you say, for New Year's Day, because what a wonderful opportunity to come together with your family. And we welcome so many wonderful new Canadians. Um, This is what's wonderful about it. But you're right. People, I have to say, I have to say that Chad does a great job. And last year, we did have some great coverage in some of the local, like, magazines of the different and the you know, in, in the different communities. 
So we're hoping it's going to get more and more of this every year because it is a wonderful day. It really is. It, you know, so, it is. And, yep. and, and I want to sort of open the doors a little wider for you, if I can, ma'am, because okay. uh, I want to sure. make sure that people understand it's free. You don't have to get a ticket. That's you right. don't register. That's right. You don't have to That's be at a, there right. at a specific time, just any time, really, between 1.30 and 3.30. Right. You don't have to wear a tuxedo. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> so really, you no, could just... There's no dress rule. There's no dress rule at all. And that's why we have all things going on on the different floors that people can see. You might have to wait a little bit because if you want your picture taken, to get your... You, you know what the wonderful thing is? There's a receiving line that includes these senior representatives from, from the Army, the Navy, the Air Force, the RCMP, and the Edmonton City Police. And it's a great way for people to meet our, our leaders in uniform and thank them so you have this great receiving line and then you can get your picture taken with everyone. And I mean, and everything, as you say, is free. And we just absolutely love, it's so amazing when these wonderful families come through. And, and how many people do you normally get to this? I'm sorry for interrupting. How many people do you, you know, normally between get? Six, no, that's okay. I know we had about about between 600 to 800 wow. we do have a lot believe it or not we do and so it, it, it's so well organized i have to tell you that my wonderful staff does such a great job of organizing it and as you say there's things to do what people are waiting to come through so we have a lot of people come and sometimes you're right there can be eight in a family and but this is what makes it so special and yeah. i don't think that people really appreciate this wonderful government house you know, I, I think you're absolutely right. And I think yeah. in your lifetime as a Canadian, you need to go see it. And I think you need to see the House of Commons. And I think you need to walk right. inside the ledge. You should see these buildings because they're breathtaking. They are. They are. And you know that the artwork within our wonderful government house is spectacular. I have to say that. And so I don't think that people understand, you know, when we did Alberta Order of Excellence, one of our people, that she said, oh, my gosh, look at those paintings. Can I come back? And I said, yes, absolutely come back, and I'll give you a guided tour myself because I can't tell you how breathtaking it is. And some of the furniture, too, it's got great history to it. So it is a very, very special house. Not, and, then, and that's what makes it so much fun because we do have different activities going on during that, that two-hour period. Uh, I will say we do the, before that, we do do all the all the people that are involved in any kind of the forces. Like we have all the military come through, they all come through earlier than that. Mm. So there's that period beforehand for a couple of hours that we have people come through as well. But this one that is totally, that, that two hours is for anybody at all. That's anybody can come. And some people, they don't miss it. You know, for me, this will be my fourth one. They, this is, I love it. You'll see the same people hmm. will come and they'll say, we, this is a highlight of our year. And so that's why it makes it so spectacular, I think. Well, you know what, uh, ma'am, for all the other things that are offered on that day, and not the least of which, of course, is turkey buns, uh, I would go to a <laughs> Denny's to meet you uh, to, again. You're so charming and so fun to talk to. So that alone should be enough to sell the place out. Uh, if people want more information, Lieutenant, sorry, almost made a mistake, lieutenantgovernor.ab.ca uh, is yes. the place to go. Ma'am, thank you so much for your time again this afternoon. Always appreciate it. Andrew, you're wonderful. Thank you so much. Bye-bye. Thank you. Bye-bye.
Still to come in this hour, I'll be uh, talking with Todd Hirsch, Chief Economist, ATB Financial, with a look back at the economics of 2018 here in Alberta. But in our last half hour, we played part one of Jamie Twill's uh, look back on the big stories of 2018. Uh, Jamie Twill is the morning anchor on AM640, our sister station in Toronto. He did a fantastic job of putting this series together. Let's take a listen to part two taking a look back at the stories that made headlines across the country. We turn now to the country's west coast in a region of British Columbia devastated by natural disaster. While the Okanagan has become known for its wildfires for two years in a row, the region has also been hit by extreme flooding in the spring. One of the worst hit BC communities was the boundary city of Grand Forks. Two rivers overflowed and when we arrived, we found much of the downtown underwater. An entire neighborhood was left with almost nothing. What a waste, what a waste. All this stuff you put together. And then just as bad as the flooding itself, the mold that crept into the community. Spores off the mold in the air like mist. The impact of flooding so devastating that at least one neighborhood may be permanently abandoned as residents move to new locations. But Grand Forks wasn't the only community dealing with overwhelming water. The South Okanagan and Similkameen Valleys were also hit hard. The flooding so widespread, the damage so bad, the Canadian military was brought in. This is unprecedented. It's almost biblical. And all that water had to go somewhere, flowing downstream into Osuyus Lake, turning roads into rivers. Fish were swimming in the streets. As water levels rose, so did sandbag walls and the number of people forced from their homes. Dark Creek has breached its banks. Our Shelby Tom reported extensively from flood damaged areas. Further flood Sportsman's Bowl Road. The South Okanagan Similkameen is my home. These are my neighbors. So to see people facing adversity evacuated from their homes in some cases for several months was heartbreaking. But we were out there every day telling people stories and seeking answers from authorities on their behalf. When evacuees were allowed to return, they had to wade through the water, trying to salvage what they could. This was my memories of my husband and my, and my mom. The flooding finally receded, and ironically, the Okanagan went on to have one of the driest and smokiest fire seasons on record. Same-sex marriage has been legal in the country since 2005. Still, the country's LGBTQ community continues to face discrimination and no shortage of it. That's why our meteorologist from Calgary, Jordan Witzel, took time out of his regular job to talk about the ongoing struggle. I approach the five-part series, Pride Without Prejudice, knowing that the LGBTQ community is still marginalized and facing discrimination. For this reason, I wanted to include as many voices from the LGBTQ community as possible with the intention of sharing how they experience discrimination. Little moments where you have to come out all the time, like <laughs> if I'm talking to um, an insurance company and they're, I say like my wife, needs insurance or put her on my plan and they stumble over their words and you're just like yeah I know like I have to yeah. come out to everybody every day. I heard overwhelmingly from those who I spoke with that for the LGBTQ community it's not so much about marriage equality anymore it is about building a life without judgment. My anxiety or concern or uh, paranoia about coming out and being a gay person wasn't about what happened in my bedroom 
It's about being on the golf course. It's about playing on my hockey team. It's about going out for dinner. It's about booking a hotel. It's about being on a plane. It's about being able to say, this is my husband. It had nothing to do with the bedroom. Producing this series, I felt deeply that it was time to step forward as a white straight male and become a better ally to my gay and lesbian friends and family. Like I had to switch schools from bullying and uh, like I was cornered in a bus shelter by six guys. Great. Now I'm getting beat up in a bus shelter. And I was actually considered for suspension over the guys that had actually done anything. During this advocacy project, I have learned there are many ways to lend your support as an ally. Sometimes you just gotta step back and just listen. Sometimes you don't have to talk. Sometimes you don't have to respond. You just have to sit and listen and accept that somebody's story is much different than yours, and that's okay. I only came out to my grandmother like, two years ago when I got engaged to my husband because I was afraid that she would turn me away. And she looked me in the eye and she said, I just want you to be happy. And she got up off her chair and she gave me a huge hug. Anytime you look up, it is abundantly clear the skylines of our cities are constantly changing, but not everybody's happy about the pace of that change. We go now to Montreal, where residents said loud and clear, not in our backyard. Well, at Global Montreal, one of our commitments is being connected to the things that matter to people in our communities. So when we heard that a popular local pub in a small English neighborhood was about to be turned into condos, we thought that would hit a nerve. Our reporter Felicia Perillo was the first on the story last May. So I saw condo plans where the pioneers located and I thought to myself, wait, they can't tear that building down. People are going to be really upset. So I made some calls and I realized that it hadn't been advertised, it hadn't gone through council or public consultations. No one really knew about it. Point Claire Village is known for its waterfront properties, cobblestone sidewalks, shops and restaurants. But some say what makes the area so special are the historical buildings. The Pioneer on Lakeshore Boulevard is one of them. Well, Felicia turned her hunch into that first story on The Pioneer. Every other local media outlet picked it up. The difference is Global Montreal stayed on the story. We broadcast live with residents from the Point Claire Village. The Historical Society is currently meeting with the city of Point Claire to learn more about the plans for the Pioneer Building, and we will be following that for you and bring you more tonight on Global News at 6.30. This is a historic village. It's one of the few left on the island of Montreal, and we're replacing it with Laval-style condos that don't belong there. We went to every single council meeting. At Point Claire City Council meeting Tuesday night, Resident after resident stepped up to the podium to ask Mayor John Belvedere about the future of the Pioneer. Does the city have any plans to stop, stop this project if enough citizens are opposed to it? The city has been tight-lipped about the project, refusing Global News' repeated requests for interviews. And at meeting after meeting, residents got more engaged and emotional. What I found was really surprising is that Sometimes the meetings went on for many hours, two, three, four hours. People were there until one o'clock in the morning and they'd started uh, at seven o'clock in the evening, but people didn't seem to mind. They were just determined to make sure that their voices were heard and that they could protect their community. Finally, on November 3rd, residents had their last chance to appeal the decision. 
The city sent the developers back to the drawing board. They also changed the rules so that any new proposal had to be accepted by the public and the Heritage Society of Point Claire. I think that the city of Point Claire has listened and the mayor was paying attention. Our storytelling affected real change, not just for this project, but for any future development in this small town. That's why it's our story of the year. Not because it's the biggest story, but because it's the one that helped a community find its voice. There is a popular phrase about old dogs and new tricks. You know the one, but our next story out of Edmonton will put that old saying right to the test. Sometimes a story comes along and sits right in your lap, and that's what Kai did this year, but he's no lap dog. Kai was abandoned by his owners at a vet, literally left for dead at 173 pounds. So overweight that there really wasn't much hope, but there was enough and there was a lot of help. It was really neglect that he had been able to get that big. Um, so we knew we kind of had a long road ahead of us, but the biggest thing was just starting to get the weight off and trying to get him to feel better. Come on. That's where Pam comes in. Don't you quit. Don't you quit. She's Kai's foster parent and personal trainer. Pam's part of this story is really remarkable. She has her own dog. She has her own life. But a big chunk of her life for almost a year has been walking, training, and loving Kai. How could you not be motivated? Look at that face. I would do anything for this guy. And he'd do anything for her. Come on, Chuppers. All he needed was a chance. And look how fast he goes now. She promised us right there that if we came back at the end of the summer, we'd see something remarkable. She was right. Well, look at him now. That boy. You know what? He is truly the happiest dog in the world. I haven't lost an ounce, but he's done remarkably well, and he is a totally different dog now. He lost 66 pounds in six months, and these days, he's down almost 80. It's an unbelievable difference. I'm just his driver. He, he does it all himself. He just needs someone to get him there. But there might only be one someone. You see, Kai is technically eligible for adoption. I don't know if I could actually give him to someone else. He's pretty attached to me and our family. So, I don't know. If that's what a dog can do, imagine what a person is capable of as long as you give them a second chance. I think about that all the time. Pam and Kai, you can learn a lot from the dog park. Say thank you. Thank you. Kent Morrison, Global News. The 6.30 Chad Afternoon News with Jaylen Nye and Andrew Gross. Weekdays at 2 on 6.30 Chad.